you everybody for tuning in to another episode of Bold Expressions. Today I am joined with, uh, uh, I, keep, I keep going through this. No, I, I remembered, but I was like, I keep, uh, yeah, cool. I keep starting off just like, yeah, all my guests are from the Discord. <laughs> uh, all the way uh, from across the pond in, uh, tell the people about yourself. Yeah, so I'm from England, born and raised. Um, I don't even really know what to say. Um, I'm 30 years old, just turned 30. Um, currently unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Not much else. Oh, my, hold on, give me a sec. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, my headphones died. No, it's, it's okay. You, you actually sound better like this. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what else to say. <laughs> There's not much going on in my life right now. So, um, yeah, I'd now, say that's about it. Now, is the job part about um, due to Corona? A, um, yes and no. Um, yes, it just made it quicker, I think. Um, <laughs> so, my contract was supposed to end in um, the end of May. Mm-hmm. But then uh, after the Corona stuff happened, um, it just made it quicker. But also, it meant that I was supposed to move on to something else, but um, I couldn't find anything else. Or my company couldn't find me anything else more. So, um, so yeah, I've just been unemployed since. What uh, What did you do? Um, I was a, a case handler. So basically, um, I was working for a bank where uh, customers would complain about um, insurance products. Mm-hmm. And I would basically uh, look into their complaints and see whether whether it was valid or not. Um, and on occasions, we'd give back money. So sometimes it's like a couple of grand. Um, sometimes it's a few hundred. So, yeah, that, that's what I was doing. I wouldn't think that that would have to be something that would be dependent on Corona or you having to go out, but I guess... No, um, so basically, I was on a fixed-term contract. Oh, okay. And it was it was supposed to end last year in August, but um, it got extended, so it kept getting extended. Um, and then this was like the final, so by May, they said, yeah, this is the final date. It's not going to get any, uh, pushed past this date. Um, in which case, they also said they're going to find us like another job or like other opportunities. But um, I guess because of the corona um, and you know, due to the massive unemployment and, uh, you know, us being in a recession right now, um, that didn't happen. Okay. And for for those of us uh, who don't know, uh, over in America, how has the recession, or not recession, but yeah, I guess so, how has the coronavirus affected um, things over there? Because we, you know, we, we get more so um, focused on how things are going in our area. You know, we don't really pay attention to how it's affecting everything else in the world, or, or at least get a firsthand account from somebody who actually lives there. Yeah, so um, me personally, I've not really left the house in, uh, since May. <laughs> no. So I've not really, so I've been, I've done some like grocery shopping and stuff like that, but um Going out, out like that, I don't do that anymore. I've literally stopped going out. Um, hence, I'm, that's why I'm on the Discord so much. 
Um, in terms of, I think right now we're on the second wave and um, the amount of cases in the UK is going up. Like, I think yesterday we went up by 20,000 cases and our death toll is starting to rise again. So uh, they were talking about three, 400 people died, I think, yesterday. Wow. Um, which is kind of crazy because, you know, I'm talking about it in the sense that, oh, 400 people died. But if you think about it, it's a lot of people still, even if it is 400 people. And right. it's just becoming something that, you know, us, I guess so we're getting used to it. Right. Uh, and it's we're kind of a bad you. thing. Right. Because we shouldn't be used to saying, oh, 400 people died yesterday. Oh, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's not something that's common or normal. It shouldn't be normalized. Right. But um, I guess the way the media is portraying it over here, I guess it's the same as what they're doing in America, in that um, a lot of people are like, they don't want to stay inside. Um, they, I guess they've had enough. And um, with Christmas coming up, a lot of people are like, I don't really know what's going on in London, um, just because I'm kind of far away from London. London is basically like its own thing, I'd say. Um, before, yeah, that people are complaining about Christmas and how they want to spend time with the families and go traveling and stuff like that. And our government's trying to say, like, we shouldn't really be doing that. Um, and then, like, our economy's horrible at the moment. We're, like I said, we're in a recession. Um, I've so since I've been unemployed, um, I applied for, like, I've been applying for positions and stuff. And I remember one time I applied for a job and a few days later, uh, I got an update saying 700 people applied for the same job. And then two weeks later, they said over 2,000 people have applied for this one same job. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm probably not going to get this job now because uh, so many people have applied. Right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on over here. Um, Do you guys, I know you said people are kind of getting tired of saying in. Uh, I know over here we have a lot of the conspiracy theorists. It's just like, oh, well, it was, well, with us, you know, we have an election in a week. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people just like, oh, you know, these so-and-so people, they're doing this and they're talking about it because it'll help them with the election. Which So, okay. So, um, what I've, so I read an article today. Um, talking about how they they may um, make tighter restrictions in, during Christmas, like completely lock down certain uh, cities and stuff like that. Um, and I read some of the comments on that uh, article. And yeah, conspiracy theories all over the place. Um, Rush, uh, like China did this, or like we had this whole, uh, you know, the 5G South Towers. Right. Um, oh, it's yeah. because of that. Yeah. Mess. <laughs> Basically the same stuff that's over there. It's, they've li they're literally saying the same things over here too. And um, yeah, I think a lot of it is probably because maybe they're watching like the elections, like the American elections and stuff like that. And a lot of people do listen to what Trump says, even in the UK. Um, really? And our friend, Mr. Boris Johnson is basically like a, a mini Donald Trump. Yeah. So it's basically the same stuff. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, yeah, you know, you guys have your own, as you say, you have a British Trump, 
with yeah. uh, Boris Johnson and, and his his mess, but um, we can kind of get into him earlier. I'm, I'm doing my best. I've, I've been told I talk too much about politics, so I'm gonna try to <laughs> <laughs> ease a little bit from that. Um, I know you you mentioned uh, your wife's name. You you mentioned uh, you are married. Uh, tell us about how you and your your wife's name name. Tell us about how you and your wife met. Like, what's your name? Oh, uh, so. My missus, uh, her name's uh, Talia. Um, she's currently in Philadelphia. Um, and we met online about six years ago. So there was an app called Meet Me. Um, and I was on it for a few weeks. And I was talking to like, I guess, um, local girls like around like where I lived at the time. Um, and then I didn't really find anybody uh, who, I guess, interested me. Um, and then I broadened the search range, I guess, so like to include people from Manchester or London, things like that. Um, and again, same situation. I wasn't really finding anybody like interesting. Um, and then, um, so with the app, there's like, paid features and then it's free features so most of the things I was using was on the free because I wasn't paying for it um, and there's a feature called um, I think it was some, called something like uh, World Passport or something like that and it basically the way it worked was you press search and then it connects you to anyone randomly in the world uh, who's got the app and so I got a a notification saying that this is free for the day and the first time I pressed the button it connected to me to her oh. and like what are the odds of that happening so yeah we started talking and um, I'd say about two two weeks later um, we exchange, exchanged phone numbers and then you know we were talking for about eight months online before I went out to Philadelphia to meet her the first time um yeah it's it's kind of a, a strange thing because when i tell people about it people are like how, how i guess people are a bit surprised also because you actually met online and it's you know yeah so six, six years later well you know we've been married for three years now uh, yeah. most of it has been long distance um like she'd come over maybe like I've not seen her in in about almost a year now and the last time she came was for like a month um, and then when I was allowed to go to America because I'm not allowed to go to America anymore <laughs> um, yeah, I would go to visit her like two times two times a year um, yeah it's it's very strange so, because uh, initially uh, I thought that, okay, because I thought that she was from there and that she that she that she was from the UK and that she was over here working, but she's mm. American. No, yeah, she's American. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I know you had brought up that you're not allowed to come over here anymore. Yeah. So what? Why is that? So. Um... How how do I explain this? It's easy to so um, 
I came to I came to America uh, 2016 um, on a VWP, which is a visa waiver program, which is basically it's not technically a visa. It just it's just like um, it gives you access to the country for 90 days. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the same for like Americans if they were to come to the UK, you can come to the UK for six months without needing a visa. So if you wanted to stay over the 90 days, then obviously you'd need to get a visa. But um, yeah, so I came over and I basically overstayed. Um, I think, uh, wait, let me see. So I came in March and then in October of that year, it was 2016, uh, October of that year, I got arrested by um, ICE and uh, special forces and the FBI, they all came around. Hold on. Um, go back. ICE, go. <laughs> special forces, and the FBI? Yeah, yeah. There was about, I think there was three or four people. They all came. Um, so I didn't know who they were at the time. Um, but later on, when I started reading up on like my transcripts and stuff like that, um, it gave their names and it gave their positions and stuff like that. So yeah, there was one I think there was either one or two um, special forces, one FBI agent, and then one ICE, ICE agent. Um, so yeah, they came and picked me up, and then they took me to um, a holding holding area in um, downtown Philadelphia. And I was there for I have no idea, maybe like a few, maybe like four or five hours, I'd say. And then they transferred me to uh, York County Prison which is in near Pittsburgh. Okay, and how long did you stay over your um, your visa? Um, either three or four months, something like that. Okay. Had they, was it a thing to where uh, they tried to contact you to be like, hey, you know, you're, so um thing for me was I gave them like all my information uh, like where I'd be staying and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so they didn't try to get in contact with me but um I think they may have tried contacting my uh, mother-in-law but I'm not because I remember her saying stuff about um ice but I wasn't sure because um, even she thought like maybe it was like some sort of spam call or something like that or something mm-hmm. a bit because she doesn't really answer private numbers like that. Most so, people don't. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So um, we, we wasn't sure. I don't know if they did try to contact me or not. But uh, the only contact I saw from them was the day they came and arrested me. I don't, I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I, I feel like probably the way you, you did when, they, when it happened, that you feel like that's a lot of overkill for for that in that that there should have been <clears throat> at least a conversation like hey you know or or at least sending some if they had information about where you were staying that yeah, they could have um, at least you know the, yeah that, or something. i was hoping maybe some sort of like email correspondence like hey your visa's coming up what's going on you know or like a um or even like pop in Pop, a, pop over for a visit and say, look, this is what's going on. What, uh, are you okay? Like, what's going on type thing. But no, uh, the day they came was the day they arrested me. Um, and it's funny because the day they came, 
so what they did was they came into the house and they separated me from everybody else in the house so like my my in-laws and my wife they separate so we were uh not married at the time you we just um she was my fiance at the time so they separated everybody from me and um they started like looking around for my passport and stuff like that and um then they started asking me questions first first of all they assumed i didn't speak english um so the guy was like hey that do you speak english i think and i'm looking at him like yeah i do and what, then I, what, what they think that you didn't speak english uh, I, I'm guessing because of the color of my skin. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I, 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 okay. I know this, but I, I just want to make everybody. Oh, you know. uh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, my parents are Bangladeshi, so I'm not. I was born in the UK, but my parents are Bangladeshi, so um, I'm brown skinned. Um, so when they picked me up, again, they they assumed I wasn't like a native english speaker and then when i told them because they, they asked me what country i was from originally like, and i said um, england and he they didn't they're, believe they're me like, they're like no uh, which one before that no they didn't even say that they didn't even believe me um they didn't even believe that i was from the uk and they were like um get the f out of here like you're not you're not from the uk what are you talking about um well. <laughs> and then they, when they finally found my passport which they kept asking me, where is your passport? And I didn't really know where it was because um, we were like moving stuff around uh, to like clean up the, ho- uh, the house and stuff. Um, so when they finally found it, they looked at the passport and it was a British passport. Um, and then they were like, oh, okay, maybe he's not lying about that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was crazy because like even on the way to the, um, the holding cell area, uh, the guy... The, the ice guy, he started smoking weed or something. It smelled like weed um, whilst she was taking me to the place. Um, and then he was being really disrespectful and rude, like um, telling me, um, what was he saying? He was saying stuff like, oh, you're going to get deported. Um, you're just taking our money and stuff like that, basically stuff like that. And um, I... I didn't have a lawyer, so I said to him, you know, if you got any more questions, speak to my lawyer. And then he, he kind of showed up and he didn't say anything else. Um, but he was mad the rest of the journey. That just that seems so crazy. So they, so they held you for, you said four hours, and then they sent you to uh, county jail. Yeah, so... Oh, I forgot another thing. Um, so when they came to arrest me, um, I had basically just woken up and they were going to take me in just my boxes. And I'm like, well, well, am I not allowed to wear some clothes? Like, let me put some clothes on. And then the guy was like, all right, fine, go ahead. So I managed to quickly put something on. They took me to the downtown place and uh, it was cold, really, really cold. Um, so they don't. They didn't give me any blankets until I complained. I'm like, I'm really cold. If you can't heat the area up, give me some sort of blanket or something. Um, and then they didn't give me any food until um, I kind of asked them to give me some food a few times. And then uh, finally, when they started calling my embassy uh, to speak to the UK um, embassy, um, 
they started realizing, okay, we can't be doing stuff like this to him because he's an actual uh, British citizen. <laughs> and then they started acting, uh, they started treating me a bit better in there. You shouldn't have um, taken that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like a two, two of the um, his, um, Mexican guys came and they didn't speak English, but um, yeah, they were treating them like crap. Um, and then we got put into like one of those um, big, you know, like, have you seen, you know, in those um, prison movies when they have like the big bus and people are in handcuffs and stuff and they're getting escorted to like the prisons. It was basically like that, but it was a smaller one. Um, and I think by the time we arrived there, because we had to go to different um, locations to pick up more people that were getting uh, sent to the, the prison. Um, by the time we got there, I think there was about 10 of us in the van. And yeah, we we arrived there maybe like four or five hours later. So it was like nighttime by the time we got there. Um, I got picked up at like 12 o'clock or something, or maybe even earlier than that. I can't remember exactly what time I got picked up. So how so how long did you stay in the, the county in the in the county jail? Um, maybe like ten and a half to eleven months, something like that. Wow, that was yeah. So I got picked up in October twenty sixteen, and I got deported in August twenty seventeen. Just after the um um the solar eclipse, the day after twenty seventeen. And what and so what's so what took them so long to finally be like okay we we held him we're going to deport him or if if they knew they were going to deport you know I'm, I'm mm. pretty sure, I don't know how much they actually told you but if the thing was to just go ahead and deport you why have you in there for so long? So basically, what happened was um, so the way things are supposed to work. If you come to the U.S. in a visa, with a visa, you're supposed to see an immigration judge. But because I didn't come on, on a visa, technically, um, I, wasn't, I, I was technically supposed to get deported straight away. But I thought, you know, um, I tried fighting my deportation, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's what's, what caused um, the length of time that I did. So when I went to my first court date... Um, you know, we went through the motions and everything, and then uh, the judge will said basically said, "Okay, um, cool. Your next court date is in four months." So I'd have to wait four months uh, in there to to get to my next court date, and then when I went to my next court date, because there's supposed to be three, um, he said, "Okay, cool. I've heard what you have to say. Uh, thank you for your evidence. Um, your next court date is in like five months' time." So that's basically what happened so it sorry. so it seems like they were um, it, it makes it seem like you were being punished for you know trying to fight it because that that seems like a long it's like what what was the reason that they gave for it being so long you know waiting for your your court date, if you already presented your evidence? Um, they don't give you a reason. Uh, 
you just have to do it. Um, I guess my thing, from what I've seen being in there, I'm guessing it's because of the amount of people that they were arresting at the time and taking into, um, because it wasn't just like us guys, it was people, people were getting transferred from like um, California and stuff like that. So people from all over America were getting come, were coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, so my guess would be because because the amount of people that um, were going through similar situations, like with immigration. But again, I'm not hundred percent sure because they don't tell you anything. They don't tell you why. Um, if I had a lawyer, maybe they'd tell my lawyer, but they wasn't. They weren't going to tell me anything. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So what? So you didn't have a lawyer? No, no. I had to basically uh, fight uh, by myself. I know it must have had to be a, um, a lot of uh, stress on your your wife. Yeah. So um, she was studying at the time, and um, once that happened, she kind of had to uh, withdraw. She couldn't continue her education because she was like worried and stressed out and you know uh yeah it, it took a, a huge toll on her and i don't really know if i'm the best person to explain what was going on on her because you know i don't really know even till to this day we haven't really talked about it just because um we're not living together so it's kind of hard to like talk about really really um I kind of even feel how she feels about it. You know what I mean? Like being so far away. Um, so yeah, it, it was definitely um crazy experience for the both of us. So when you finally, how did you feel um, going through everything and ever finally like, you're uh, you're going to be if they were sending you back. Wait, say that again. Sorry. Oh, we don't. I'm sorry. Give me one second. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about uh, how. Oh, yeah. How you felt when they finally let you know that you were being deported? Um. I guess I was frustrated but also relieved at the same time mm-hmm. so um, relieved because that's 10 months that I've been in prison and I kind of don't want to be in prison anymore but also frustrated because you know I've been I was fighting my case for 10 months at the same time and you know I didn't feel like they gave me a, a fair shot with my um my um when i like when i went to court and started defending myself mm-hmm. um just because a lot of it ba- was based on me being in the uk uh being from the uk uh yeah. so it kind of they kind of just dismissed a lot of it um so yeah and then also a bit of like nervousness and like i guess scared because uh, they were trying to basically send me to um, London Heathrow, and where my uh, where I'm based in Bradford uh, in the UK is in Bradford, which is like five hours away from London. 
and you know they don't give you, they don't exactly give you any money they just send you to to london and they make you figure it out on your own how you're going to get back um, yeah. so when they sent you back they were like you're no longer allowed to come in the country that sounds like some stuff you you would tell a criminal yeah so um my assumption was so before when i got arrested or like not when i got arrested when i was in prison they give you they you have access to like a law library and i was doing a lot of like um research and stuff and from my understanding they would ban me for maybe 3 years because i'm not i didn't overstay for that long um but apparently the terms of my visa waiver program meant that it's an automatic 10 year ban so um yeah again even that frustrated me because it's like how would you isn't that that's a bit of a joke i go yeah, staying like i understand overstaying but overstaying performance and instead of getting 3 year ban you get a full 10 full on 10 year ban that's a bit ridiculous and overkill Yeah especially since it's not like you're a violent criminal it's not like you would Yeah exactly exactly um but that's another thing like um all the CEOs like the correctional officers and stuff uh they would treat you like a criminal anyway so um, it didn't make any difference to them So you were just <laughs> they, they didn't bother just like oh well, you're you're in here for So no sense like a well you're in here for a reason so you must be a criminal you must be you know a bad Yeah guy. exactly so like um so we were um basically staying um dorm type room I think so there would be 60 of us in a dorm with um yeah. one correctional officer and um the way it worked was people could be in there for like gun crime or like gun charges um like all sorts of things basically you see everything in there um and I don't get me wrong some of these people were like hardcore criminals or like they weren't any like murderers or anything like that but they were still like you know um a lot of violent people in there as well um but to treat everybody as if they were in there because of that um didn't say it right with me plus like the fact that they're basically controlling every single aspect of your life they tell you when to eat when to wake up when to go to sleep what to watch on tv everything they control every all of it um and that as a manager really uh, say right with me but again it's like what are you going to do because if you start acting up they'll put you in the hole um or they could even do worse than that um Yeah, this uh just kind of blows my mind just all that from uh them you you staying you know 3 4 months over your visa and now you have a 10 year ban from coming over here and your wife lives here yeah and it's like it did they didn't take any of that into account the fact that you know it was like okay well he has a wife that lives here so when i went to my final hearing um the judge so i made it 
clear to the judge this is you know like they clearly knew I wasn't a criminal they checked they did all the background checks um, for the UK and the US and all over the world um, they even looked at whether I could be a possible terrorist nothing came up for that um, <laughs> yeah um, they looked into all my history they found nothing um, so when I went to like my final hearing I, I even told the judge I'm like look I'm supposed to be gained uh, you know I'm married and stuff um, you know and I do have a pathway to become a citizen which is another thing that they look at um, I'm, I have no criminal history you know I've got a degree in blah 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 um, hold up so, so you were working to be to become a citizen Whoa. No, uh, so the, basically the terminology they use is if, you're, if you overstay and you don't have a green card, um, they look at whether you have a pathway to become a citizen. So for me, because uh, I was married to my wife who's a citizen, I could become a citizen through my wife, um, through the sponsorship thing. Um, but other people don't have that. So like people who claim asylum may not necessarily have a family member in the U.S., so they don't really have um, a pathway to become a citizen unless you're here for like 10 years, I think it's for an asylum seeker. Um, yeah, so that's how they look at that. So like I mentioned all those things to the, to, to the judge and even the judge was like, you know, why is he in here? Like we should let him out type thing. And... Um, so he looked at the prosecution and the prosecution was basically saying stuff like, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you want to do? Like to the judge. And the judge said, we should let him out. And uh, the ICE uh, lady, the, the prosecution, she was basically saying stuff like, oh, we would let him out. But um, he hasn't asked for relief. As in like he hasn't been asked to let, let him go. On the street, what? you have to ask. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, this is, which wasn't which wasn't true. Apparently, I did. I, me, my wife, and my in-laws, we all sent them letters saying, "Let me out, like let me uh, fight my case outside in, uh, in Philadelphia." Um, but they never responded. So when it came to that, uh, when she said that, I was like distraught because I'm like, "What are you talking about? I sent you so many letters. My wife sent you letters. We had people phone uh, calling you." Etc. Etc. And you're like literally lying. Like why? And um, so yeah, they were like, yeah, he didn't ask us for any sort of relief. So um, you know, we're not gonna let him out. And um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so dirty. That yeah. Sounds like this. That's like the the same crap that we you know we go through here with with that type of stuff. You know, other whether it's like you said, just flat out lying or planning evidence, which you know. Line as well, but that is crazy. Speaking of speaking of planting evidence, um, there's so many instances where I would hear about uh, them forging signatures and sending people to random countries that they're not even from. Um, yeah, uh, I heard that countless times. Uh, people like some 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 parts of Africa, they get sent to a, a completely different country. Um, things like that. <laughs> it was crazy. And, and so I, I bet here, did you hear that while you were, you know, while you were uh, detained? 
yeah so like obviously um you're you're talking to people from all walks of life like from pretty much every country in the world um so they would talk so they would talk about to their friends or whoever who some of them would get deported like they'd come to the country together see, uh, claiming asylum and um you know they'd talk to one of the the deportees family members and they were saying yeah he's been sent to such and such country and we're trying to bring him to to our country type thing um so that was kind of i'm not going to say it was common but it happened um it happened quite a bit so okay so what what was the year that you got deported okay i'm sorry what was the year that they came to get you uh, I'm sorry, yeah, cut out for a second. 2016. 2016. Yeah, I can't blame that one on Trump. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Um, yeah, that's, that's just overall American crappiness. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot, Obama. <laughs> that, was, that is crazy, though. So how has that affected you uh, coming back? Has that... Um, has your traveling status uh, affected your job back in the uh, UK? Um, no, not really. Um, it, the only thing it's done is made my... So, like, when I, for example, my last job I was working before I got made redundant, um, when, I, when they did my security checks, it took them maybe an extra three or four weeks to go through my security checks. Um, but it hasn't really affected my ability to get a job because, um, as far as the UK is concerned, that's not a criminal uh, matter. It's a it's a civil case. Um, which again is crazy because civil matters. When you think about civil matters, it's it's basically like divorce and stuff like that. Right. That's a civil matter. Yeah, civil matters um, shouldn't involve the government. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yeah. For a supermarket, they put me in prison for ten months. So you think about it like that; it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. Um, so, in in terms of like getting a job over here, it's not really affected that. Um, I've not I've not left the country, not because I don't want to go, just because I can't afford to go right now. Um, oh, and COVID right now too. Um, but I've not tried it, and I would like to try maybe going to Canada just to visit. I don't know if I'm going to do that because apparently they share like border information across America and Canada. Oh, you think that it may, uh, yeah, it it would probably, it will most likely flag up on the system and, um, I'll probably get, um, stopped. Is there any way you can check to see before you even bother wasting the plane ticket? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I don't, I don't really know about that. Because yeah. I know um, in America you have like that TSA pre-check stuff, don't you? Yeah. Um, I don't think we have that over here. So what, uh, so what is your, uh, because over here, our uh, TSA is a division of uh, security. Um, mm. And so, you know, they're, you know, they, they, you know, a liberal government agency, you know, checking on people before they go on flights and everything. Um, I actually applied for TSA before my, my current job that I have. Mm. Uh, 
which worked out because it's still at the airport. So, um, so what what is the what would be like the equivalent of that over in the UK? Do you guys like have anybody? Uh, um, I don't think we have like a a specific thing like TSA. It it would just be called the border force, I guess. Um. No, I don't really think we. No, we don't really have TSA or anything similar to TSA over here. Because, like, like, um, I remember um, when before I got sent back, the um, special agent that uh, escorted me to the um, airport basically said something like, "Be prepared to speak to like police or something when you come back to the UK." Uh, so I was assuming maybe we had some sort of like immigration force in the UK because I wasn't there for like about over a year. So I don't know, maybe they had one at the time. But um, no, nothing, nothing, not, nothing like that anyway. Okay. So uh, has your, your wife uh, thought about moving to the UK? Yeah, so um, that's the plan. Um, so when I do start working again, um, after about six months, we're going to bring my missus to the UK. That's cool. Has she, has she visited at all beforehand? Yeah, so she, she's been here twice now, I'd say. So the last time she came was November last year. Um, and then she came like, I think March or something like that, uh, the same year. So she, she's been here a few times. Um and she had a bit of a culture shock when she came here for the first time because um, I guess I I don't really notice it, but there is a big cultural difference. And I guess you guys realize that when we talk about it on, on the Discord. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think she's, she's a lot better with it now. But... Um, what, what was the biggest thing that threw her off initially? Um, maybe the accents and you know the, fa- the fact that you know we're driving on the wrong side of the well, we're driving on the different on the other side of the Oxygen. road and stuff right. like that. Um, yeah, things like that. Just like the the small things, even the food. It came down to the food, and uh, you know the food wasn't like good where we lived at the time. Um, so she's like, yeah, I don't know if I can deal with all this. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know what? Uh, thinking about it, when you said the said the food, uh, when you uh, when uh, she first uh, came into the the chat, it's like, mm. oh, this your wife, and she, I remember she said something about, you know, only get cheese steaks if you get somebody from Philly mm. to make it, or if you actually go there. My initial reaction was like, who's this British chick telling us where to go get a <laughs> cheese steak from? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I kind of had my response. I didn't realize that she's like actually from, she's actually from there. Like, okay, it makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. She's she's um. So you know that episode of um Fresh Prince where um Will's talking about cheese steaks and like he has to have that grease on it and things like that. She's like, yeah, that he's he's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's funny. That that is funny. Okay. I I I feel I feel stupid now. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I, I eat secondhand cheesesteaks, so I, I wouldn't never never eaten them from there. Uh, so I forgot where you where you're from. I'm from St. Louis. St. Louis. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's in Missouri. Uh, I don't know if you were familiar with uh, your wife would probably know better. Uh, the St. Louis is like almost middle. Yes, it is yeah. literally the what they call it the gateway to the west. Oh, okay. That's what the it's right on the uh, Mississippi River. Mm. Um, I don't know if you if she told you about uh, there was a lot of things that happened with uh, the case involving Mike Brown. Uh, uh, no, I don't think she's. I don't think she's only uh, about. Well, yeah, St. Louis is it's. Like I said, literally middle, not literally, but it's you know, middle of America, Midwest, a uh, few hours from Chicago. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can picture that now. Yeah. So yeah, I. You're from Tahir country. The what? Tahir country. Yeah, Tahir. Uh, well. Yeah. What I think about oh, Tahir. Oh, he's Louis, right? Yeah. Is, that, is that a big difference? Yes, that's a very big difference. Uh, Tahir is from Illinois. East St. Louis is across the river in Illinois. Uh, oh, okay. And people in St. Louis don't really claim East St. Louis as part of St. Louis. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's just like, no, you, you guys, you're in East St. Louis. That's that's the difference. We, we live in St. Louis, Missouri. You're... Is, it, is there a reason behind that, or is it just... It's, it's just... Because St. Louis is like literally right on the water. So right. you have to drive across the bridge over into Illinois mm. to get into to get to East St. Louis. And I don't I don't know if it's just the thing of just like, well, we're divided by this water and this long a bridge, this long ass bridge that it's like, yeah. no, you're over there. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. No, like we're the same. It's like, no, no, we're not. That's, but that's, that's just been, that's always been the way it is. It has been, at least as far as, far as I know. Mm. Yeah. Are there any um, cities like that over in the UK where it's like, you know, there's the, um, there's, a, there's a city everybody knows, and then there's a, you know, Another section that's just like named after that city, but it's like divided by a state or by a state, I guess, like a region or whatnot. Um, I don't think the UK is big enough to have those kind of problems. <laughs> yeah, because I was because um, yeah, I was going to say that we also have uh, uh, what's the name of it, Kansas City. Mm. Um, there's two Kansas. There's a, there's a state next to Missouri called Kansas, and then mm -hmm. they have Kansas City. However, Kansas City is like right in the middle of the border between Kansas and Missouri. So there's Kansas City, Kansas, and then there's Kansas City, Missouri. Um, our foot the football team, the Kansas City Chiefs, is yeah. actually you know. 
uh, what's his name? Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. So, you know, it is extremely confusing, especially if you don't live here. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely confuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. The only thing uh, I can think of, so like when you mentioned football teams, like oh, when we when we talk about football, mm-hmm. um, so like in Liverpool, there's two big teams in Merseyside, um, Everton and Liverpool, and they're basically like, right by each other. Um, it's like almost a stone's throw away, uh, one stadium to the next. Um, and that's the only thing I could think of, something like that. But um, no, but the UK isn't really big enough to have those kind of issues, I don't think. Um, I don't know. I'm not really the, the best person to ask about um, UK culture and stuff like that because uh, for some reason, I know more about American culture and stuff like that than I do the UK. Um, yeah, I don't know why that is. Because we it's just, it's just something. Everywhere. Yeah, it's it's just something that I've I've realized. Does that um, does that help with you and your wife? You you know, kind of being uh, drawn to American culture. Um, I would say so because. Um, and we have like conversation. Well, we still argue about, you know, like what what we call things. Like you guys call, I don't know, the trunk, the trunk, and we call it the boot, the things right. like that. Um, or the car park versus the parking lot, things like that. We we'll argue about, but um, no, um, I think it probably has helped with that. But then again, we're, we're exposed to so much of American like media and stuff like that too. Um, I guess it's not really that difficult to pick up American culture. I don't really watch UK TV anymore, so I don't really know much about British culture. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So what... So what uh... Okay, so being in the UK, how did you, what was, what was, uh, what, uh, sorry, what, uh, how did you first uh, pick up on Kev, or like, what made you first uh, notice him? Oh, okay, um, so, there used to be a YouTube channel that I used to watch a lot, um, called Just Kidding News, um, so it's basically, like, um, a parody news show where they talk about random uh, internet articles, mainly like Florida, like stupid things that happen in Florida, because uh, yeah. uh, seems to be a lot of things happening in Florida. Um, yeah, <laughs> so um, Kev was like a guest on there, and he'd come on, and you know, I've never seen the guy before. Um, you know, they would talk, he, he'd be talking about like his kids and how um, Zeze and uh, Jojo um, on like that show, I forgot, I don't remember what the show was called, um, and how he kind of basically didn't let the stardom of his uh, sons get to him 
and how he kept him, how he kept himself and his kids grounded and stuff like that. And you know, I found that kind of interesting because I'm, uh, it's not something that I'm used to hearing from people who are like on social media. And then he came back a few other times, and every time I I found him funny, so I'm like, all right, let me let me check out his stuff. So I started listening to like, uh, righteous and ratchet, and um, yeah, I kind of started binge watching that, and then I it just it just kind of went from there, I guess. I just started following it, watching pretty much all of his stuff, um, and then I found ADD through there. And to hear more and um, Patrick Cloud and Kevin, um, okay, who, Tony Baker and stuff like that. So that's how I found all them guys um, through that. Okay. Um, speaking of Kevin, and something else I forgot. One of the one of the things I like about uh, you know uh, in the small side chat that we're in. I like that um, you have on Sundays. You have uh, what's his name? You 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 have uh, we play you know church music, gospel music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what we uh, call it. And uh, <clears throat> I know this past week, I think was the the last part of the uh, Forgiveness University uh, yeah. from Transformation Church. Um, you know, seemingly, you know, you seem like a uh, <clears throat> spiritual person or, uh, I don't know, Christian? I don't know if you... Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, let me... So, my parents and I guess myself were... Well, my parents are Muslim. My brothers, my siblings and everyone are all Muslim. I was Muslim for 25 years of my life. Mm-hmm. No, wait, how long has it been? 26 years of my life, I was a Muslim. And then um, I converted, so now I'm a Christian. Um, and the reason I started doing that on the Discord was because I don't really go to church like that. Uh, not in the UK. Like I used, I've got a church in, in Philadelphia, and I used to go like every week. Um, but since I've been here, I tried to go to a church one time, and it, it just didn't feel the same it was it was kind of strange it might be because it was like a a white church as okay. opposed to like um yeah it was it was kind of strange um and then i'm like all right why not just you know uh play like gospel music and listen to sermons on here and see who wants to join you know i, I think of it as like a, a community building thing um I, I can I can say that I've I've enjoyed it because I have been trash at you know getting out or you know listening to church because uh, I know my church has I'm not on Facebook and mm. they they stream it on Facebook Live mm. and later on put it up on YouTube and you know I I definitely have not been as diligent as I should should be as far yeah. as. Uh, being on it and you know it has helped you know me getting right off of work and you know we're all playing gospel music or whatever and uh, yeah. we'll hop on and listen to it and i've and i've enjoyed it um how is that 
how was it? How'd your family take it? Should I say, you deciding that you were going to be uh, Christian or did you know, you were, say it was not taken very well. Um, just because if you, I don't know if it's all like religious stuff or it might also be like cultural things too. Um, that was affecting my family's viewpoint and my decision to change. Um, I don't really want to go too much too deep into this conversation. Okay, <laughs> Um, completely fine. Sorry. Yeah, uh, it it wasn't it wasn't taken well. Uh, I I'll, I could say that for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely can, still problems. We yeah we can move on. Um. So, so what was that great to say? So as far as uh, I know you're saying they were treating you crappy. You know, as far as being over there. When you were over yeah. here, when, uh, as far as the uh, authorities, you know, just like, well, yeah. you part of some terrorists, whatever. How's that experience been over in the UK? Because at least from the perspective of black and brown people in America, mm-hmm. we, we are used to that kind of crap. You know, we don't like, you know, it's still shocking, but we're, we're used to hearing that here. And I know, like, my wife is, you know, a couple times she's been like, you know, just want to move to just want to move to England because, you know, it'd be better. And I only know about little things because I've, I've seen certain uh, shows talk about it. And I was just like, no, they, they deal with crap over there too. It's like, we just yep. don't, our news just doesn't pick it up. So what, what has been your experience growing up as a brown person? I think you said your parents are from Bangladesh. Yeah. So you, I guess you were first generation. Yeah. So how, how has that been? growing up uh, in the UK? So, it's a bit strange because, like, me personally, I've not seen that much racism. I think my family did a really good job at sheltering me from all that kind of stuff, like, growing up. Um, But when I would hear stories about, like, my sisters and my brothers and stuff when they first came to this country, um, you know, people would spit at them and things like that, like, swear at them and they'll get death threats and all wow. kinds of stuff. This was, this was like back in uh, the 80s. Because um, we were like the only brown people in, in like my uh, street and stuff like that at the mm-hmm. time. Um, so that's, I mean, like, a lot of, like they sheltered me from a lot of it. Um, as I grew older, I started like, Noticing, I like, saw so like when I would used to go to school, we used to go through like a predominantly uh, white neighborhood, and um, our school was mainly uh, brown people. Um, so whenever you would walk home, you'd get like shouted at by the, the neighborhood people that lived in that area. Like you know, they would say all these like racist stuff. Um, some of the times they'd set dogs loose on you, and you know you get chased by dogs. Uh, like, uh, things like that. For real? Yeah, not legit. We, we would get chased by dogs. Um, and then you'd hear the occasional, oh, he doesn't bite type thing. You know, like, you know what people say, like, the dog people say. Uh, that's why I don't really trust people with dogs anymore. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, you know, they will bite you. But no, they will bite you if they right. have the chance. 
Um, they're a dog. That's the only way. That's yeah. the only way for them to interact. With. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we we'd have that, and then as I got older, like even older, like now, like when I'm when I started working in like um, an office space, you realize that the managers and stuff are all white, um, and you know the way they would interact with minorities um, isn't the same that, as how they would interact with um, uh, white people. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's really strange because like I'm more aware of it now, yeah. and but I'm not I'm not one of those people who shies away from it. Like I'll if I have a problem or something like that, I would talk about it. I guess I used to be um, a bit more. Uh, reserved, but that kind of changed once I came out of um, prison. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in terms of like, um, so one thing I have noticed, right, in the UK, um, there are a lot of instances of racism happening all over, but it's not covered in the media. Like, they, they're quick to hide it or put it under the covers. So, you know, um, even there's certain things that I didn't even know, like, um, you know, hearing like V and um, Catherine or Hannah talking about it on, or even now that I'm talking about it on uh, Discord. Um, a lot of the things I didn't even know, which I'm, I'm like, okay, they do hide a lot of things. And um, so like the whole, um, what was I gonna say? So like, you know, when the whole, um, marches and stuff happened for like BLM. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I guess, the UK's dirt started like coming out. And that really opened my eyes because I'm like, I didn't know this because you don't get taught a lot. Or I didn't get taught about um, like black history or anything like that. Um, you get taught like, so for example, in Bangladesh and India, um, the Brits came over back in the days and, you know, stole our jewels and, you know, um, they went to Africa, stole jewels and they stole um, spices and stuff like that. But right. you get I, I none didn't of know, that. I, I, yeah, I didn't know the, the, the infamous, you know, crown jewels were from, from Bangladesh. I was just like, oh. Yeah, um, <laughs> like a lot of that, you don't get taught that. You don't, well, I didn't get taught any of that in school. Um, I don't even remember what I was taught in school um, in regards to history. Um, I don't think we got taught any of this, um, like, or where we got our money and our land and stuff from. Um, if they just tried to cover World War Two, World War One, that's literally what we did for all my school. We all we only talked about the World War, so it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it now. Like how much history we don't really know about unless you actually um, are pointed in that direction. So the Discord definitely helped me with that. And even my missus, um, well, she doesn't really know about the UK history like that, but um, like American history you know, and uh, racism in America and stuff like that, like I, I learned a lot from her. And even like when I listened to like Kev talk about, you know, um, the Black Wall Street and stuff like that, like I, I learned so much. Um, and it's it's kind of 
I don't know. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why they um, choose to hide well, history. I... <laughs> it is, at least in what we, we you know, can at least experience in America. Uh, ah! I don't know if I, I'm trying to think of a way to to to, to say it so that it doesn't seem as insidious, but mm. I think most of it is. Um, yeah, it, it definitely is insidious because a, a lot of the times, you know, made America, UK, whatever, they try to, you know, of course, instill a sense of patriotism in you. And I guess they figured, like, well, it's hard to, it'll be harder, it'll be harder to convince people that we are the best at whatever, at least from the American standpoint of being the best in everything. When it's just like, oh, but you know, there was slavery, or in a sense, like, oh, we went over to this country, you know, went over to a lot of countries and enslaved people, or you know, took over their country and, uh, you know had the people there kind of bow to us mm. like you know not a long not a long time ago like recently like yeah I had, like, like america's uh, still kind of a relatively new country too so right but uh, it's like uh i don't know if you, you've seen me and uh squid talk a, a lot about we'll talk about uh uh these uh series of martial arts movies called uh imp man uh, yeah yeah off, i've heard yeah. it just never seen it yeah yeah and a lot of um what's his name a lot of uh, movies in uh, a lot of movies uh, you know especially that for that time period in uh, China hmm. if they will have you know the uh, what's his name they will have the uh, you know it'd be that time period it's a time period where it was, uh, what's it? Yeah, Hong Kong. Hong Kong yeah. belonged to the British until, I want to say, 99, 2000. It was like, it was like actually a plot point in the Rush Hour movie. The fact that, you know, China was finally going back, I mean, that Hong Kong was finally going back to China. And it's, it is, it's amazing thinking about it now. The fact that it's just like, yeah, like I was in high school in China. <laughs> didn't technically own it's like most well known uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the biggest city. So that's crazy thinking about it. But yeah. And so they don't tell you about it because then they will have to admit it like, yeah, we did wrong and this is wrong and you know have to admit all these atrocities that they mm. inflicted upon people. Mm. And I'm saying it's it's a lot easier to, to pretend like you know, it's it's a lot harder to convince people that you're the best in the world when it's just like, yeah, but you've done all this other crap. And so that's that's what I think. They, you know, they pretend like, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing happened. You know, don't look behind the curtain type of stuff. Yeah. Personally, I think it would be better if they just came out with everything that they've done and let people decide for themselves if. You know, they still wanna be a part of that country or something. I don't know. I don't even know if that's even doable. Yeah, I I think that it would be better to to disclose it. Um, and a lot of people, um, 
And I think some people also do it because, uh, you know, they're a lot of people are ah! racist or, you know, yeah, even, even if even, even if they aren't, they kowtow to people who are, which to me is pretty much just as bad. Mm. Or even even worse, because at that point, they're pretending like they're not, but they are going along with the people that, are, that, that they are. That are yeah. And they will say that it's like, oh, well, yeah, I think so-and-so is wrong. It's like, but you're, you say this is wrong, but you're not willing to stand up. Hey! Calm down. <laughs> but you're, you're not willing to. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not willing to, uh, you know. Hey! Whatever is right. Are you okay? Calm down. Hey, come here. You okay? Don't worry. That'll be with you in a second. Calm down. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. He was just fine, and all of a sudden, just lost his mind. Um. But yeah. So. You know, there, there's there's that, and yeah, it is because there's a lot of there's a lot of history that a lot of black people don't know about. You mm. know, you know, and not even just like oh, you know, stuff from Africa. It's like no, there's a lot of hit, you know history about black people doing stuff in America and learning from uh, you know Vietnam in the chat. You know, mm. you know, black people in the UK <laughs> isn't. Readily known or, or normally talked about. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that is, uh, you know, it's not a mistake. It, it's it's by, it's by design. Yeah, definitely by design. Because it's you know, like I said, it's it's easier to try to. Uh, it's easier to try to put on an, an air of supremacy when. You know, you can with the people that you're trying to lord that over don't know about the. I mean, it worked for your wife because she didn't know about what's going on in the UK, and she she wanted to move here based on not hearing anything. You know what I mean? So, I guess it does definitely, definitely does work. Right, and you know, the, the people you. You're used to certain things, just like, like you said, it's you know she doesn't know because it's it's not covered. Yeah. Don't know that you know. Oh, they've done some messed up stuff too, or doing some messed up stuff. You know, it's not as bad as it is over here, or it's not as prevalent. But the fact of the matter is that it still happens. Um, mm. So um, I guess that was, I think that's probably about wrapping up. I talked to you longer than I intended to, but that tends to happen. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, thank you for putting up with uh, this little distraction right here. Yeah, that was cool. I'm so happy you're not on camera. Go back to me. So I appreciate you once again for taking your time out of your day. Because I know it's it's uh, what's it about nine o'clock now. Uh, half time, yeah, nine thirty. Okay, yeah. So you know, I know it's, it's later in the day for you. I, I try to be uh, respectful of, of your time because you know 
you, you, you've, you've already gone through your your day. And, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to stay up and, you know, chat with me for a little bit. Uh, give me a chance to get to know you more. And yeah. I'll also give my, my audience a chance to hear your story and hear your, um, your perspective. You know, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of the people, if not all the people that listen to my podcast, you know, this is something that they don't know about the experience they, they haven't heard before. So thank you for, you know, being that voice that they can hear. Um, where, uh, if people were so inclined, uh, where could they find you on social media? Um, I'm on IG. Uh, let me find out my handle. Give me a second. Okay. So it's King N, so K one N G underscore E N underscore. Um and that's um, I'm on Discord as well. Those are the two um that I use the most. Um <laughs> sorry. So <laughs> he's just he was fine the whole time, dude. I promise you. I promise he was out of my way. But um, <laughs> thank you all once again. Uh, you can find me at uh, Bold Expressions on both Twitter and Instagram, BBD Expression. Once again, that is Bold Expressions, Bold Expressions on both Twitter and Instagram at BUD Expressions. You can also hit me up on my, uh, shoot me an email at Bold Expressions for gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Double check that. All right. Yes, that is bold expressions for, sorry, <laughs> bold expressions, the number four at gmail.com. Once again, that is bold expressions, the number four at gmail.com. Um, you can also subscribe to my YouTube, uh, my YouTube page, uh, bit.ly forward slash bold expressions podcast. Uh, I'll try to drop the, the description, uh, sorry, try to drop the link in the uh, description for the podcast now to make sure everybody knows that more so. Uh, once again, I uh, appreciate my guests in for coming and spending time to talk to me. Uh, as I tell all of my guests now, you know, time is so important because it's the only thing that you can't get back. And you could have been doing anything else right now, but you took the time out of your busy day or not busy or whatever else. It doesn't matter. You, <laughs> you decided to allow me your time to talk to me and deal with me and just, you know, open up to me. And I am greatly appreciative of it. Um, yeah, I just want to say um, I appreciate, uh, you know, I had fun. Um, this, was, this was great. You guys should um, click the like button and subscribe and banga 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 <laughs> all the likes. Right, new episode, mukbang and all mukbang and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Banger. Oh yeah. Also, hey, see, you've already helped me out because that's the new part of my my little spiel that I forget to add. It's like, yeah, uh, if you are, you know, whenever you get the chance to. Go to Apple Podcasts, look up Bold Expressions with Carl, give your boy five stars, so, you know, my podcast will shoot up there, and it'll be easier for people to find, and maybe, hopefully, they'll may even recommend it. 
But yeah, shoot, shoot, uh, give the boy five stars. Uh, you know, even if you're not listening to it on Apple Podcasts, you know, just do it on there anyway. So, uh, <laughs> have a good day, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. And as always, don't be so busy proving your point that you forget your purpose. <laughs>